0: in the previous episode of Friday PM. We actually have got a very special guest with us today in the form of Rachel Gray. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a big family, and maybe we should start there, Rachel. Tell us uh, what you're one of.
1: Uh, I'm one of uh, seven children. I'm the third. Uh, So I was born, the three older ones, we were all born in the 70s. You know, you get your calculator out. Work out ages, Um, but um, some people are thinking, "Really? I thought you were so much younger." Late Late seventies. Well, actually, the mid seventies. The mid seventies. God taught me during that time. You don't have to get angry because people are asking you where you stem from genealogically, and you know where you, where where your family is is from. It's fine. It's a natural curiosity. It's nothing to be angry about, and it's not racism. People are just curious. That's that's fine. Yeah. 2001, I was in my kitchen washing up, and I just was thinking, Am I going to travel again, Lord? What you know? What you know? What's going on? And I really, it wasn't an audible voice. It was just a sense of the Lord saying, You'll travel for me one day. so yeah so when you know you came the ministry it ministered to me so much and so deeply and i really sensed that these people have come to give and not to take and there was no way that the little that i had in my account had to come out and i had to bless the ministry it was just it, it, there was no compulsion it was just i have to bless this ministry they have blessed my life And I remember I I didn't actually have any cash on me. And so I left with a friend. We went to an ATM. I got some money out. (laughs) And I I went to the ATM so that I could sew into the offering. And then also went to the CD table. And and I I think I had a little bit in my account. So I was able to buy um, a couple of CDs. And I bought the I Behold Your Glory. And that was like the soundtrack for the rest of my week. That was like, give it to my... That was... the Those were the words of my cry my heart's cry to God. It was like it was like I found the words that I needed to express myself to God that God, you need to rescue me, you need to do something. I, I'm tired. I was so tired. Mm. I I applied for jobs. I was looking for jobs. I was networking. I was doing all the things that they say you're supposed to do and nothing mm. was happening. And I really just felt desperate. Mm. Um, and I, I just but but tired. It's like God You've got to rescue If you don't rescue me, I don't know.
0: But mm. either take me <coughs> mm. or rescue me. Mm. Um, and that, yeah. that was it. Rachel, I think so many people are feeling that sense of, of desperation. Um, during this time, some of you, someone might feel really desperate, desperate with your work, desperate with a family situation, desperate in, in, in looking to the future. And uh, Rachel, it's very encouraging. For someone who's who's at those crossroads, and I think many people are—we're we're in a yeah. place of crossroads in the world, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, And nations are on a crossroad. What are we going to do uh, with this vaccine? No vaccine. No this. No this. Lockdown. No lockdown. We're we're in such a place of decision making, and uh, so you're at this desperate place where you say, "Lord, rescue me." And uh, John said, "Then John interacted with you, right? He met you on that time. Mm. You had an interaction with yeah. him, right, as yeah. well."
1: Yeah, I mean, um, so after the ministry, I mean, all I wanted to do was to help, to just bless you guys back. It was just a natural reaction. Mm. And um, so I think I was helping to roll some cables or something. Yeah, that's the fine trademark. You get cold
0: with the cables.
1: Yeah, and I think so I, spoke, looking, right? I spoke to John and I think I thanked him for the word that he gave him. Some things that he said, which were just particularly, I felt really were for me. And he said, "You've got an anointing in, on your life." And I said to him, "If only you knew what I was going through." Mm. And there was a slide that he had in his um, in in the teaching. I said, "Please, can I have that, that slide from the teaching?" He said, "Here's my email address. Email me." So I did. I emailed back and and just told um, told him how I felt, how I was blessed by the worship, how. It was like you I'd been bathed in love. Mm-hmm. I, I just really um just sensed that that God had, had done something. And at that stage I didn't know that God was doing anything, but I knew he'd done something. Mm-hmm. And, and and that was it. So we had that that interaction. And later on in that week, so I was out, you know, doing this, they would call me every day if there was something to do at one of the schools. So I was going out, I was doing um I was out at a school. And I looked at my phone at the end of the day and I saw there was a phone call from a number I didn't recognize. And I didn't call it back straight away. And later that evening, my pastor called me and he said, well, Vine I'm trying to get hold of you. And so I said, oh, OK, so I called. And um, that's when we had this just this this talk. John said, OK, you said um, I said to you, um, you've got an anointing on your life. And you said if only you knew what I was going through. So what are you going through? So I just told him what I was going through financially at that time. That was the the biggest thing. And he just asked me a few more questions and said, well, we'll, we as a team, we want to pray for you and pray into the calling on your life. And I thought, fantastic. I really need prayer right now. I'm very happy. I really feel that God has heard and praise God, somebody is going to pray for me. Great. And then... The next day, I didn't get called out to work. I'm sitting by my computer, doing a few things, trying to apply for jobs, trying to do get some things going. And I get a phone call. And it's from John. And he starts to tell me... He asked me a few questions because he'd said, listen, you should do this and do that. I was trying to sell one of the houses at the time. He gave me some advice. And he wanted to check up. You know, did you have you followed this through? What about this? He was concerned about my skin. And... I said, yes, I've done this. I've spoken to these people. This is what I'm doing right now. And then John started to tell me about, you know, Vine Song, where you were going, what you were doing. And I thought, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, but what's it got to do with me? <laughs> and, Very nice to hear. Yeah. But, but, and and then he he asked me, you know, would you pray about joining us? Now, he, he, he said, would you? he said, that he said would you pray about joining us for three months but he didn't he said would you pray about joining us and I knew the answer was yes and as I put the phone down I just broke down and broke down in tears I knew the answer was yes but there was so much going on in my life so much mess the finances and everything that was going on it was just and there were other things that I was doing and so there was this tug. There was this um, just this real battle. So I, I decided that day I went to my parents' house, and I went to my parents, and um, some of my siblings were there, and I said, "Please, I've got this decision to make. I need you to pray for me." And I just remember we we got together in a circle, and they just they just prayed for me, my family. I mean it's. When I look back at it now, it's emotional because it was just such a beautiful thing. Mm. And they prayed for me and they said, you know what, whatever you decide, we support you. Do do whatever. Do whatever.
2: And it was, sorry to say, but you were joining a ministry Mm. where we're not salaried. Mm. You have a massive Mm. financial mountain Mm. in front of you of debt. And here you're going in, giving your life for ministry, totally unsalaried, uh, in the natural. It's crazy. You have so many bills to pay. The debtors are after you. Mm. And God is saying, will you trust me? Mm. Will you trust me to handle that and just work for me? And I was amazed that it's so wonderful that your family was backing you Mm. and you just... Yeah, you know, I don't want to preempt you, but I was just amazed by that, Rachel. That that the Lord was saying,
1: "Will you trust me?" Yeah. I think at that stage, my parents, my family didn't know what kind of financial situation I was in. Um, but um, one thing that John had said, he said, "Listen," he said, "There's no pressure. I need to know tomorrow, <laughs> but there's not. There's not. I need your answer by tomorrow, but but no the, the, there was no pressure. There really wasn't. I didn't feel like you know." Um, but what he did say, and it was just that, that father heart that John has, he said, listen, because I told him all about the properties and the issues, he said, you know what, speak to your bank, see if you can negotiate a lower rate. But for the three months that if you come with us to the US, for the three months, we as Vinesong will pay the mortgages on your property. So you don't have to worry about them to, when you're on the, on the mission hmm. field. And so, you know, obviously that made the decision easier, but it was it was important. And mm. um, so, um, yeah, so I called back the next day. And I was still in two minds because I had, you know, my parents say, do whatever you want. I had a very good friend. She's saying, well, can't they get somebody else? She was a very, very close friend. Um, are you sure about this? Uh, are you, you know, and so I called back really almost in indecision. Knowing that the answer was yes, because I knew that in my heart. And I called and I heard myself on the phone saying, yes, I'll I'll go. And um, that was on the Thursday. And I was going to go to the house on the Monday. And then you were leaving for America early on Tuesday morning. And, uh, you know, you guys didn't really know me, didn't really know much about me. Um, but it was this was the lifting. I I knew that God had moved. And I remembered, God, you said I would travel for you one day. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that that was important that God had told me ahead of time right. so that I could actually make the decision, because if you hadn't told me ahead of time, I would have been again is. Should I? Shouldn't I? Is this you? Is this not you? He'd already spoken eight years before, seven years before, to say, This is where I want you to be. And then seven years later, this thing comes. And so I know, Well, God, mm-hmm. this is you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can make that decision.
0: I mean, Rachel, looking at you now, I mean, how, how the Lord is, you know, your skin looks beautiful. You've, I mean, just how the Lord's using you in such, a, such an amazing way. Um, it's just remarkable after the three months of course we had a, a meeting in America <laughs> and we said so it was then it was um the question and and the call for you know is this a permanent way of life for you is it full time full time into the mission field and so all your debts paid praise the Lord to this day mm. you have no debtors mm. the Lord has done. All those things, all those concerns that you mentioned, the Lord has taken care of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah
2: can we talk about just a skin condition? Because mm. that's a massive miracle God did. Mm. Yes. Um, Alan, uh, uh, Rachel's skin was ter- terribly bad eczema. And uh, you had it for 17 years in and out of doctors' um, appointments, and nothing that they could do helped. It even went onto your feet and um, it, it, um, in the mornings, you would wake up and it would just be flaking. And it was embarrassing for you because you were on the stage and you were worshiping. And by the end of that year, we'd gone to Nigeria and the pollution in the air caused a reaction on your skin. And we were sitting on the stage. We are about to minister to millions of people And Rachel's face reacted so badly to the pollution in the air, whatever it was, your whole face started blistering and as it blistered and with the moving of your skin it would burst and crack and seeping. And I remember Rachel, we were sitting with our nice clothes on the stage and you couldn't talk because as it was seeping it was drying onto your skin. Nobody knows this and we want to share it because it was a pivotal point in your time with Vine Song. And, you know, when the Lord calls you for something, he will make sure everything is checked. Mm-hmm. It's whether you are able to make that initial step to forsake all for the kingdom. And here you were feeling so embarrassed. And I remember you looked at me, and I could see the desperation on your face, and we went down to the bathroom, remember, Reggie, and we tried to wash it off with, with um, I'm getting emotional, um, with toilet paper, just mm. trying to, because it was so caked onto your face, and we were about to get on and sing. That was a pivotal point for me because you still went out there and you sang. You still ministered. And no matter how you felt, you could have Mm -hmm. run away and said, "Guys, I can't. I can't do tonight." You did it, and I think the Holy Spirit was so soft in His heart towards you that night. And we went on to minister. People were blessed, no matter how they felt, and no matter how they knew what had been going on in this, in this, in in the background. It's been a hard... It was six months, I think. Uh, six, Sorry, six weeks we were in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And you'd been going through all of this stuff. And a doctor came to you asking about your face. And you were like, please, I don't want to talk about it. But he did help you a little bit. And then mm. we went over to South Africa. And John's sister-in-law, Grace, organized for
1: you. It was Pastor Macaulay.
2: Oh, you're right. It was Pastor Macaulay organized for you mm. to see a dermatologist. Mm. And can you take it from there? Just... Um, tell us again, the miracle God did for you. Uh,
0: sorry, Raj, Before you do that, just at this point, I think it's so important to what you've said, Charlene. Is um, you know to push past your feelings. You know you didn't feel like doing it, and I think many times that's the that's the the deciding point. Is sometimes you don't feel like doing something, you don't feel like pushing through, but you have to push past your feelings. Because many of us don't feel like doing many things, especially nowadays. We don't feel like it. But push through. Push through past what you feel and follow the call of God. Just push forward and the Lord will see your breakthrough. As we are can hear now, Rachel, we went to South Africa. We had this appointment, right? Yeah. So,
1: you know, you, you spoke about... I was really... I'd had it with doctors. Um, I'd dealt with a lot of doctors... And been told I've been wasting NHS money. And so I really had kind of unforgiveness, to be honest, (laughs) towards doctors. I really did, because nobody really could help. And a doctor had seen, and he really had compassion. And he, he thought it was a particular, this is what I think is wrong with you. And he prescribed some things. I took them and they'd run out and I needed to get more. So we were going to South Africa and there was a pastor there in South Africa. She's Nigerian, but she had the a church there. And I asked her, please, do you think you can find somebody who could get, this is the prescription that can help get this prescription for me? And she basically, she she tried to do it and she 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 got the prescription, but she said, listen, the, per- the doctor who gave me this told me that really they should not give this to anybody unless they've had a consultation so she said what I've done is I've got you I've got somebody to get you um, a consultation I've got a consultant now a dermatologist here in South Africa so that you can be seen and that they can look at you and that they can diagnose and she organized all of that and that was just God's orchestration it was just one. you know God was yeah. just doing one step after the other and so I went to see this dermatologist and You know, being from the UK and on the NHS, you know, sometimes you're lucky if the doctor looks up in your face when you walk in the room. Honestly, I mean, I, I don't know about anybody else's experiences, but often they're down because they're busy. They've got many people to see. They've got so many quotas. And, you know, this dermatologist was here. She was asking me, you know, my whole kind of life story about my skin, when it started, all of this. And I'm chatting and chatting and we're talking, and I've been told that this is a 45 minute consultation. I'm looking for the clock, you know, where's the clock, you know, because we've been here <laughs> for ages and, you know, surely the time's gonna run out and, you know, it's gonna be. But she just took her time. She just took her time. She asked all the questions and she said, listen, I think it's this type of eczema that you have, and I'm gonna prescribe something for your face and something for the rest of your body. And in three days, you're going to see a difference. Now, I'd heard that three days thing before from the previous doctor He said you'll see a difference in three days. So I'm I, like, okay, I think I
2: heard that in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> three days. days. <laughs> it's, it's, days. It's, it's three a
1: days. Number. It's it's a a number. <laughs> so, so I just thought, okay, yeah, you know, I mean, she's very nice. This is really good. Um, I just really felt happy about the whole um, consultation. And... Literally within three days, I almost couldn't recognize my face in the mirror. I mean, it was. Like night and day, it was the first time that I've seen that this this thing on my face was really, really beginning to clear up. This crust that I had here, mm. the, I had really, really heavy crusty bags under my eyes from this eczema, mm. and a real thick crust here. Mm. And your eyes and
0: used to be so yeah so small. small I mean, they small now, but I mean, no, no. really small. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, in, right, important for me just to remember at this point. I remember we were in in Kafanjan in Nigeria before this happened. Mm. And, you know, there is almost like a spiritual law because the Bible says it's only faith that pleases God. And I remember you in Kafanjan after seeing that first doctor that you already started to praise the Lord before this happened. Mm. I remember you starting to praise the Lord and thank Him for what you haven't seen. Mm. I think that's also important. Sometimes you don't know when and what and how it's going to happen Mm. But by faith, you have to start thanking and praising the Lord. You can't start praising Him when it's done. Yes, thank Him afterwards, but the faith part is, is already starting to, to thank Him for that. So sorry, I just wanted to, to add that because I think that's, that's, that's very important. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And you just never know where you
1: are in the whole process. It's always easy to speak about the process in hindsight and this happened and this happened mm. and this happened. But at the time, you're living in that process and you don't know where you are and you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know what the outcome is. Um, but the thing about it is that God is faithful, mm-hmm. that that. Really, so, you know, I've joined the team. My parents have said, go to America for the three months. They're paying you more. Praise the Lord. That's fantastic. Then I come back and I join permanently, knowing I'm not going to receive any salary. And then I've got all these financial problems. My parents are freaking out. They're like, well, we can't help you. What are you going to do? You've joined a ministry. You're not going to receive any salary. You've got these debts. You've got to take care of them. What are you going to do? So... This miracle with this, with the skin was almost like something for my mum and my parents, really. It's wow. so like that God wanted to show to them. Because actually the skin came before the financial breakthrough. So mm. this God That's did right. the skin first. So God dealt with my skin. And when my mum saw me when we came back from South Africa, though she knew she didn't ever ask another question mm. about what God was doing she just knew that I was in the right place because I could have taken a job I could have got more money I could have done whatever but I would have still had the same skin Mm. condition nothing would have changed apart from the fact I've got some money in my bank account that's all that would have changed and but God wanted to do something and where it was just a testimony not just for me but for others around me my pastor had been praying for me and always had compassion when he saw me when he saw my skin and it cleared up he was just praising the Amazing. lord and you see this is what God. when you move in god's will and it's nothing about me really it really is all about god god did and orchestrated things in in ways that i had to follow mm-hmm. it because if it would have been my choice i wouldn't have followed mm-hmm. but i had to follow there was no other way and there was no other choice Mm. and and I thank God for that that he's just such a loving father like that you don't know that he's really hemming you in but he hems you in because he's got something better for you he's not restricting you or holding you back and and yeah that was so that was a great thing with my skin that that really just started again a whole journey and it's a journey some people get healed immediately immediately And for some people, it's a journey because I really believe that my skin condition was linked to the abuse. It was linked to what had happened to me, maybe suppressing memories, thoughts, feelings, all of those things. All of those things have an impact on our physical health. And I really believe that 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 was like a a reaction, um, a physical reaction to what was going on or had been going on inside of me for many, many years. And so God has just been taking me through this process, the process with my skin. Then he started on the process with my finances. Then he, you know, he was working on the the whole, um, you know, working on the the abuse and and the impact that the abuse has had. There, there's many things that that had been impacted in my life because of this event and it wasn't the just the event itself it was the thoughts and feelings that i held towards that event that had impacted many things in my life and and god really just started to move in and through those things and so i just want to encourage um, anybody who's out there who is struggling this is it's a walk of faith it's not a sprint it's not it's got to be done in two minutes or five minutes god Faithful, he will come through. All you have to do is trust him. It says, having the faith the size of a mustard seed. And we don't know when things are going to end, we don't know when things are going to get better always, but we know that they will get better because God is faithful, he who as promised. He who began a good work in Amen. me yes. will be faithful to complete it. And Amen. I'm at the end of the day, I'm still going through. We're always all going through. It's a whole process. It's a lifetime's work. Mm. It's not something that is happens in five minutes. But praise be to God, I'm better today than I was yesterday. I'm mm. further along today than I was yesterday. And that's what I keep praising God for. Um, we go through many things in life. There are times when you're up, there are times when you're down. But God remains faithful, and and that for me that is what God has shown me. Um, when I came and when when I joined Fine Song, God showed me. I've spoken about God being a redeemer before. We use all these words in church, but I knew God as my redeemer in the same way that Abraham was able to say, when he got the ram in the thicket, Jehovah Jireh, my my provider. provider. He might've known it in his head, but he experienced it. And I experienced that redemptive power of God in that situation. And so I just want to encourage people, whatever you're going through, you may have been abused, you may have been rejected, um, you may have been hurt in, in, in in a relationship, somebody might have stole from you, betrayed you, and you're really dealing with the aftermath of those things. God is faithful and you may be down today, but what you're going through today is not going to determine your future. That God holds your future in his hands. He has a purpose for your life and that purpose can never be negated by the circumstances and situations that you find yourself in. And God will continue to pull You through if you trust Him. And you know, you don't need to um, be a big preacher or a big uh, person of faith. It's just that mustard seed faith where you get up in the morning and say, God, I don't know how, but I trust You. I don't know when, but I trust trust you. You. I know that you are faithful and I'm not just going to serve you so that you can fix all my problems, I'm going to serve you because I know that you are God, I know that you love me and because you love me I know that you'll work out all things for the good, I don't know how but you're going to do it and I will serve you because of that and I know that my life is going to be changed
0: because of it. Amen. First of all, do pray.
1: God we thank you, we thank you for your healing power, we thank you for your sovereignty that no matter what we go through, no matter what we experience, that you alone are God, that there is no one like you, that no matter where we find ourselves in life, that you are the God that never changes that we can hold onto you and you don't move like the shifting sands. Lord, that there is no shadow of darkness, there is no darkness in you, that you are light, that you are pure light. And God, that your heart for us is to be healed, is to be whole, is to be free. The Bible said that it is for freedom, that Christ has set us free, that we're no longer slaves to sin, we're no longer bound to sin and held in bondage. Father, we thank you that everything that you have for us is good, that your plans towards us are good, they're not evil. And Father, I pray for people in helpless situations You are the God of the impossible. For nothing with God is impossible. Our situations may seem impossible, but God, you get to work when things seem impossible. People are crying out to you right now because they don't have finances in their jobs, things are not working in their lives. They're they're facing maybe um, their house being repossessed or being evicted, I pray for the person right now where they are, that you will have your perfect way and will in their lives, that they will trust you, knowing that whatever happens, whether they eventually get evicted or not, that you have their lives in your hands and that no matter what happens, that it will be to bring that person up and not to push them down, to bring them higher and not to take them lower. God, we thank you. We thank you that you call us your friends, that we are called to be heirs, that we are called to be co-workers and that we can trust you with very intimate things and that you are interested in all the intimate things, the thoughts that we think. God, we thank you that you're a deliverer. Lord, and you deliver to the utmost. Father, you just want us to stand and say, I trust you. Lord, that we would be like David and said you know how dare this uncircumcised Philistine defy my God how dare my circumstance or my situation defy my God my God is real and because he's real I will stand for him and I will stand against anything um, that wants to say that it's not true so father we thank you for your grace we thank you for your mercy we thank you for your kindness we thank you for your love and we thank you that there is no situation too desperate or too helpless or too hopeless for you so father we commit our lives and the lives of those hearing this and watching this into your hands that the plan that you have for their lives is perfect that you will receive all the glory